What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about our friends over at Snooze Sleep because they have the universal mattress on the planet, and it's called the Snooze Flip. And guys, this is a revolutionary mattress. One side of the mattress is hard. The other side of the mattress is soft, so you get to choose whether you want it hard or soft. You can even flip it once you have it. And then it comes with a, a pad, and on one side, it's cool. One side, it's warm, so you can have it exactly how you want. If you want your bed hard and hot, you can have that. If you want it cool and soft, you can have that. You can mix and match for as long as you have this mattress. It's the only four-in-one mattress with these features, and here's a kicker on top of that. If you use the code DNVR over at snoozesleep.com, you'll get $250 off a queen mattress and $250 off an adjustable base. Total savings of $500 on a queen, and they'll double it for a king. You'll get $500 off a mattress, uh, and you'll get $500 off an adjustable base with a king by using that code DNVR over at snoozesleep.com. They are Colorado-based, and you guys know we love supporting local here in Colorado, and Snooze is here, built here in Colorado, but it's built for the world. So check them out wherever you live over at snoozesleep.com and smash that code DNVR. All right, guys, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast after a brutal loss. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Ryan Koningsberg. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, right now they are waiving your application fee. If you use the code DNVR Sports, and Ryan, the Broncos can certainly take a class or two or three or four, ten in football and everything about football. And if you need to take a class in whatever, or you need to get a degree, now is the time. So jump over to MSU Denver Online to get that figured out right now. And Ryan, what a crushing loss. Yeah, man. Uh, I think I, that I don't know what's worse, the loss of your voice. My voice is struggling. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be okay. It's like the Broncos offense, you know. Right when we need it most, it just leaves us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's <clears throat> that's to me the story of this team in 2021 is just going to be that they couldn't get it done in the big moments and this was a perfect example of that yeah and it's like we've talked about this whole season and I believe one of the reasons we were all skeptical is when the Broncos had to had a big game in front of them against the Ravens they fall not just short they completely fall off the cliff when they have a big game against the Philadelphia Eagles to really get everyone behind them they completely fall short and then today Ryan it wasn't this team falling short it was one unit specifically. It was the Denver Broncos offense, which could not do anything. Ryan, if I would have told you before the game that the Broncos offense was going to score 10 points, you would have told me the game was a big fat L. And that's exactly what it was. This defense held them to 15. 
14 points. The Bengals, who are hit or miss, but boy, even when they're missed, they're still putting up, you know, like at least 20 points. And Ryan, the Broncos offense could not do a single thing. And of course, uh, the biggest story coming out of this game, which we need to talk about right away, is the health of Teddy Bridgewater. An extremely scary situation, Ryan, where we saw Teddy Bridgewater carted off the field. They took his face mask off and did not see like a smile or many positive movements on his way out. He is at the hospital right now, is going to be held for further evaluation overnight. But wow. Ryan, the, the semi-good news out of this is that all of the initial indications are that everything is fine, that he's going to be fine, all the tests coming back positive. So in a very, very, very scary situation, at least we're seeing some good news. And as uh, Baumer44 says here in the comments section, prayers for Teddy, and that that's coming from the whole DNVR family, from me, yep. from you. Uh, that's the, the most important thing here is we really hope Teddy's okay because, boy, that was scary. It's the worst part of football. Yeah. Uh, it's the worst part of football, you know. These guys put so much out there, and Teddy, you know, a guy who took some heat for not putting it all on the line earlier in this year, and it's not a you know an excuse for that, but it, you, you see what happens. Like, you know, he goes all out, and a lot of times quarterbacks aren't built to take those type of hits, and it just sucks that like one hit like that can put a guy on a stretcher. Uh, by far the worst part, and it's always extra scary when. You don't know what exactly caused it. Right. It wasn't, you know, a, a direct hit to the head or anything no, like that. No, those are always a little bit more scary. Yeah, it, it was. And and when you watch the play and what happened is his face mask is kind of the first thing that hits in the turf. And then you see just the rest of his body put so much pressure on his neck. And what they're calling it right now is a head injury. So the fact that it, it's not a he, it's not a neck injury, it's a head injury, makes me feel a little better about it. And, of course, that the results right now are coming back positive. He is awake, uh, he is conscious, and he is moving his extremities, the last update we heard. So we will continue to follow that. And, of course, that's the thing that we're most concerned about. But, Ryan, then we see Drew Locke come into the game. Teddy Bridgewater in the Broncos offense not able to do much. And in the third quarter, Drew Locke comes in. And Drew Locke... This was just the most Drew Locke performance that we've ever seen, right? Yeah, I mean, they, this just encompassed everything. He leads a touchdown drive, does what we've been saying for so long. Just put the ball up to your playmakers, Tim Patrick. He does that for Tim makes a great play. And then I don't even know what to call that fumble play, Ryan. Can you put it into words besides uh, the Drew Locke experiment? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really frustrating because Drew did so much right. And it was so exciting when he was getting it rolling. And, you know, you thought he's going to go down there and lead his second touchdown drive right then. And then <clears throat> he wants to be the hero, and it causes him to lose his mind. Because not only does he, you know, um, not make the right play with the ball. Or, sorry, you know, whatever you want to call it. Loaf, loaf of breading the ball out there. But it's a completely the wrong read. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, yep. It starts there. And maybe you shouldn't be calling that play in that situation. You know, that's a whole other discussion. But that's a that's an elementary read for a quarterback. If he comes down, if he crashes, you can take it. If he stays there, then you you know you don't. Uh, and, and you can go back and watch the play. It's a really easy read for Drew that he just misses. Then he tries to go above and beyond to make a bigger play, and ends up you know really making the play that puts a you know 
prevents the Broncos from having a chance to win. Yeah, and we have to talk about this play in the first segment just because of how important it was. And after the game, Ryan, Drew summed it up pretty well. One quote, he said, my number one thing has to be taking care of the football. Yeah, Brock Osweiler. Ball security is job security, and that's absolutely right. And the second thing Drew said was, look, uh, Mike Shula tells us all the time, let the professionals do what they're doing. And when it comes to throwing the ball, Drew's a professional. He should be throwing the ball. When there, it comes to running the ball, he should be handing it off to the runners. And it was... So is he admitting that he went against his coaching? I, I guess. I mean, when it went against his coaching, went against what he should have been doing, and he did admit that he should have handed the ball off. And just like you said, Ryan, it was very clear to all of us that he absolutely should have handed the ball off. Uh, and then we like the effort that he has, but it doesn't matter because he grazes the defender on his way down, and uh, it just doesn't you, – you cannot give the ball up in the red zone, ever. Uh, I mean, especially that deep, like, it's three points. Yep. So if you get three there, then all you need is a field goal at the end of the game. Yep, exactly. Changes the entire game. Yep, it absolutely does. And, of course, that leads to the Broncos crushing loss. And, Ryan, let's talk about big picture, what this does. Wait, real quick, I just want you to read what Vic said about that play. Um, Vic said... Uh, Got it here. It was a no good, bad play. Yep. That's... I mean, we could go deeper into that, but that's that's tough. Uh, that's a that's a tough quote from the coach. It is, and then he was asked, uh, you know, was it a good play by the defender or was it reckless by Drew? And he said it, it was both, uh, and and it was. I mean, that that's right. It was a just. A, it, it honestly starts off with the decision. Drew should have never been put in that position, anyways. The ball should have been handed off to Javante Williams, yeah. uh, and I don't mind the play call. I know a lot of people were, were upset at the play call. The play call didn't bother me. One of Drew's strengths is moving with the football, is getting outside the pocket. Maybe he would have had an option to throw the ball there, too. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the play again. Uh, and that's exactly what Drew needs to be doing, is put on the move. And even if he's not going to throw the ball, moving with the ball is his strength. Boy, you can't have him sit back there in the pocket. I know his touchdown came by that. But you don't want Drew just sitting in the pocket all day long. So I don't mind the call. Drew's got to make a better read right there. And again, you know, people in the comments are saying, why are you all over Drew? He gave us hope. It's not really. That's a play that co that was really costly in the game. Yeah. But we also talked about the fact that it was the full Drew Lock experience. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can talk about the good and the bad. And Drew had some awesome throws. Yep. Um, throws that Teddy Bridgewater could never make, or at least never tries to make. Yeah. Um, but it, it's you, you get both sides. Yeah. Uh, and that's always going to be Drew's downfall. I called it Mark Sanchez disease. Yep. Just can't help himself but to turn the ball over. Yeah, yeah. And so, actually, let's just jump into the blame game here since we're doing it. That play right there, crucial. I mean, the Broncos lose by five points. And even if they just settle for a field goal there, there's plenty of time left. The way the defense is playing, they get the ball back, and then all you need is a field goal there at the end of the game. Now, the Broncos probably weren't going to be able to get themselves in field goal range where they started on their 11-yard line. Only like 80 seconds left in the game. No timeouts. That was too tough. But man, you just can't turn the ball over there. So it's it starts there. Drew Locke put them, gave them a chance to stay competitive when he went up 10-9, but then he blew it with that fumble. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just you can't have it. Uh, you cannot turn the ball over down there. Someone in the comments said um, a fumble shouldn't derail a team. But that's a big swing. It's a big swing where you aren't able to score when you think you're going to score. Um, so I, I get it. People want to defend Drew because 
he had defendable moments today. You know, he looked like a guy who can play quarterback in the NFL, and we've always known that. Um, but that's that's going to be the the story of his career too, mm-hmm. just as this is the story of the Broncos' season. Yeah. Um, so that's big on the blame game. I wonder though if I I have a bigger one. Okay. You may be taking my my other one right here. Six point swing at halftime. Uh, Brandon McManus misses a field goal, which allows the Bengals to then go make a field goal. That's a six-point swing. The Broncos lose by five. Brutal. So who's the blame on there? Eh, there's plenty to go around. I think there, there's really – yeah, there is plenty to go around. There's two major culprits. Obviously, Brandon McManus needs to kick, yep. make that field goal. He's number uh, one. Yes, absolutely. And number two is Vic Fangio. And, and Slash Pat Shermer. Sure, yeah, 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 game management. And the reason I'm putting this on Vic is after the game, uh, he said the end of the first half could have been managed better and said I could probably take some blame for that. And so he's taking blame. If Vic's taking blame, That's not I'm, even saying, taking blame. I'm saying I trust you, Vic. That <clears throat> one is on you. Uh, and just brutal. What you have to do there is you have to make sure you're getting three points or you are getting none. You're either going up into the half, up 6-3, or you're going into the half tied 3-3. Yeah, and you probably would have if Teddy connects to Javante on that play right before. I don't really know what happened there. Maybe it was a bad route from Javante. Maybe it was a bad read from Teddy. Yeah, um, but there they were just, too many of those today. <clears throat> it's an easy connection. It should yeah. be. Yeah. That keeps the clock rolling. Right. Get a few more yards, and then you you know, you know take a timeout and kick the very last second. Yeah. Um, so that's, that, the, that's where all the blame goes, but – Six points in a five-point game. Yeah, that's that's brutal. That's absolutely right up there, Ryan. I'm going uh, Cortland Sutton. What have wow. what what have we said since he signed his contract? At least I've been saying he needs to be special. And now maybe I've been too hard on Cortland these past couple weeks, saying he's not doing enough to get open to have Teddy throw the deep ball to him today. Teddy Bridgewater gave him a dime. chance. Dropped a dime. Been, yeah, he, it hit him right in the numbers. Yep. Went through his hands, hit him in the numbers. Good play by the Bengals. But come on, Cortland Sutton, you're not a second-round pick anymore that's still on a rookie deal. You're getting paid $15 million. you got to come up with that. Ryan, that's a touchdown right there. Perfect Bron- throw. Broncos lose by five. Yeah. And that would have been at least six points right Did there. Did they get three on that drive, though? I that that that's a good question. I'm not sure off the okay. top of my head. And then what do we see Tim Patrick do when Drew throws the ball up for him? Tim Patrick makes a good play, kind of throws the, the defender off. In fact, at first I thought it was going to be offensive Me pass too. interference, but good for Tim after the replay. He did not do it. The defender just fell and tried to make it look like offensive pass interference. Tim went up, made a play. That's what Cortland needs to do, especially being that special player. Now, especially Ryan, we know Drew. We, we know Drew and Teddy. They're not special quarterbacks, so you have to rely on your special players to make plays down this stretch. And Cortland did not do that. And Ryan, the Broncos tried their hardest. Pat Shermer said, "You guys are giving me so much crap for not getting the ball to Cortland Sutton. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to force feed him the ball." Teddy's first seven passes, four of them were to Cortland Sutton. I believe one was to Javante Williams. I'm not sure. There was one to someone else. Two that were just throwaways. They tried to get Cortland Sutton involved. He had a drop on Drew. There was a tough one. I think it was that last series that went right through Cortland Sutton's hands. It was high. It was behind him, but it still hit both of his hands. I believe Cortland had another drop on third down, which was key. These are plays that you can't have from starters. These are absolutely plays you can't have from a $15 million wide receiver. How much are you putting on him? Uh, the one from Drew Locke on the deep in route. <sighs> 
50-50. I mean, it's a tough. It it it, it wasn't a good pass, but it's it did a perfect hit perfect pocket. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, it, it was not a good ball, but it did hit both of his hands. Ryan, he ends the day. I thought it was like 90-10 on Drew. Though. On Drew. Okay, that, that, that's fair. But that's a fair. lot of people disagreed with me. And on the third down, though, that one hit him. And, I mean, he knew right no, away on no. that little slant. Uh, he, he obviously, I'm sure he took a lot of blame and will right take a lot of blame hands. for that. Yep, yep, right through his hands. Cortland, seven targets, two catches, 12 yards. So this is the first game where no one can really say he it, he wasn't given the opportunity. Yeah, and you and this will be the first game that I won't defend him because you've been you know right. you've been hard on him and I've been right. saying they're not really giving him a chance. Right today they did. There's you can't defend him today. Um, I will defend him on that third down, but that's about it. Yeah, um, he, he's got to be better. The the touchdown. You know, that's why they signed him. It's supposed to be the guy that makes those plays. Right, right. And um, you're, this team doesn't have the margin of error to make those drops. Right, exactly, exactly. Ryan, do you have another uh, blame to go around? I got one when, when, when you're thinking of one. I'm okay. going to go the interior. Ah, actually, I can't go interior offensive line. I got to go pass protection. The whole line, uh, yeah. In, in, in general, and I'll get to Teddy as well at some point. But, I mean, Teddy just pressure all the time in his face from start to end. And it was the interior really is where the pressure was coming. But then Garrett Bowles, two holding penalties, absolutely brutal. I mean, maybe maybe I include everyone on the offensive line except for Bobby Massey. Another game where we just – I don't even think – this is the first time today I've thought about Bobby Massey. So good for him, but unfortunately I was thinking about the rest of the offensive line way too much. Yeah, uh, protection was not good today uh, from, from really inside out, um, except for probably Bobby Massey. Um, it's again this team you know i told you coming into the week that i didn't think the broncos are going to be able to run the ball as much as they wanted to today um and i think we kind of saw that bear itself out now javante still averages 4.8 he's a freak somehow um and, and obviously that crazy run he had there late helped that a lot right uh, well not a lot it was a 14 yard run but helps it um but for the most part the broncos were not able to get them in the, themselves in the third and twos third and threes that they really like to be in nope um and so then they needed to pass the ball yep and they were not able to protect well enough in those in those uh situations teddy has to do a little bit better job seeing pressure before the snap um and finding his hot routes but man uh not very good i will say they did better when drew lock came in there for whatever reason they did, they did. and that's something that we pointed to when drew lock came in yep especially garrett bowles yeah back in 2019 mm -hmm. um, we we're like wow the, the o-line plays a lot better when drew locks in there i don't know if it's a a feel thing that he has a little bit better feel um or, or what but they always seem to do a little bit better when he's in there and he got some great pockets um i was just waiting for one of those to turn into a big play and yeah didn't really happen no it, it certainly didn't happen and then ryan quarterbacks the the blame game we already talked about drew in that play that that you just absolutely can't have that teddy before he got hurt um not good not not good in this game either the pressure hurt him as well but ryan the broncos quarterbacks end the day 
186 passing yards in a game that they were down most of the game. So yep. it's not like you can blame it on running the ball too much. 52.9% completion, uh, one touchdown, no picks, 78.8 passer rating. The magic number has been and, and always will be for this team. Teddy Bridgewater needs to get at 100 passer rating. Broncos weren't even close to that. Uh, and this, of yeah. course, doesn't account for Drew Locke's fumble as well. So QBR for the Broncos quarterbacks is going to grade out very low again this week. Yeah, I mean, it's just not good enough from either guy. Uh, and Drew is a little bit better uh, than Teddy was today. Now, I never felt like they were going to lose at any point, really, uh, until that fumble. Yep. Um, I really felt like they were still right there. Yep. Even when, when Teddy, you know, when they're down 9-3 or whatever, when Teddy gets hurt, I was like, yeah, I think I still think they're going to win this. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the quarterback's the biggest problem on this team for the last six years. Without a doubt. With yeah. that, and, and, Ryan, the, the whole game, I kept seeing tweets from everyone. What if this team had an Aaron Rodgers? What if this team had a Russell Wilson? And while both of those guys are realistic options for this team this offseason, Ryan, what if they had a Derek Carr type of quarterback? And uh, that's not something that everyone goes to bed dreaming about. But what if they just had top 10 quarterback play, like the 10th best quarterback play in the league week in and week out? This team would have smashed the Bengals today, Ryan. I mean, the, 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 the running game, it doesn't even feel like they had a good game. Ryan, they ran for 133 yards. Now, it was only on 3.9 yards per carry, but Pat Shermer, he stuck with the running game. He didn't go away from it, and I said his name, Pat Shermer. Uh, he didn't really do any favors for anyone out there again. Just more, uh, it just, there, there's just no spark. There's no punk in this. Brian, the most exciting play they did, fourth and one. Cortland Sutton comes in motion behind Teddy Bridgewater, and it's a quarterback sneak. That's like, that's a great little, not even creative, but I guess creative. a fun, yeah, I guess a little bit creative to give your quarterback just that little more push to have that much more chance of success. A quarterback sneak cannot be the most creative play that you have. Are you kidding me? In, in, a, in a win or go home game. Right, and the, and the best play of the day was just Drew Locke playing 500. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that's not a knock on Drew at all. I, no, I lo no. I'd love to see that. They're going to play you single coverage on the 30-yard line? Yep. Throw the ball up. Yep. Without uh, a doubt. So, uh, yeah, this offense is it's tough to watch. I mean, it's, and, and today, I think, was a perfect example of why so many people clamor for Drew Locke. I, it was way more entertaining when he was in there. Now, yep. you know, you, you got the good and you got the bad, and the Broncos still lose. Um, but you know, the throw to Albert O over the middle, just an absolute laser boy. How about their connection? I mean, yeah. it, it is so crystal clear. The two haven't been really playing together for almost a year now, actually a year now because of Albert O's injury last year and drew comes in and it is, I mean, Albert O on that one, he's not even, Albert O's not even looking for the ball. And it's like, he just got a little like message in his head. Like you better just catch this ball. Cause it's right here. And boom. Yeah. Just sticks to him like a magnet. Yeah, uh, it's fun to watch, you know, when Drew's going, it's fun to watch. And it makes it even more disappointing that just he's never able to put it together now. He definitely had some things working against him last season and didn't get the job this season when he definitely could have. Um, you know, I felt like the, the battle was pretty close, especially in the preseason games. But uh, it, it's, it's frustrating when you see those little things that it just wasn't able to, to all come together. Yeah, it, it really is. And Ryan, there was a, uh, I don't even know how to 
classify this quote after the game. Damning, true, depressing, gut-wrenching. And I got to tell you about it. But, Ryan, in this comment section, there's a lot of people calling for people's jobs, which means there's going to be a lot of homes available after this offseason, mm. which means if you want to buy one of those homes, you got to check out our friends over at Chevalier nice. Mortgage. Our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier are going to hook you up because buying a home is such a stressful process. And this includes refinancing as well. And if you want someone to take that stress off, well, I got the perfect people for you. Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage will take that stress off. And they're the perfect people to call because not only do they look at a mortgage rate, but Michael is a certified financial planner, meaning he will look at your entire financial picture when putting together a mortgage package for you or a refinancing package, which is so important. So give him a check, give him a call at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to get set up with a free consultation and you'll even have a chance to win free DNVR merch when you do so. So check him out over at dnvrmortgage.com or give him a call at 303-257-6578. That's Michael Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. You look downstairs at all? Yeah. It's popping off Yeah, in there. we got a good uh, little crowd. Great crowd here at the DNVR bar tonight. Of course, always a great reminder to come down to the DNVR bar. Come hang out with us. Uh, watch the games. Get some of our great food and drinks. Uh, and hang out with you know a crowd like this. Um, we had a huge crowd on the bus at the tailgate. And then, of course, after the game, you get back on the bus, you come back here, you hang out for Sunday Night Football. It's great. Uh, you can get Breck Brews. You can get that, you know, uh, some of our amazing burgers and wings. Uh, we'd love to have you guys come hang out. Yeah, we absolutely would. And, of course, Ryan, you mentioned those Breck Brews. They were flowing at the tailgate. Man, you cannot go wrong with a Breck Brew. And this week is Christmas ale season. Get yourself a Christmas ale keg for whatever party you're having because you can't go wrong with that, and it's going to make you the favorite person at the party. And if you want to see where you can get those Christmas ale kegs, go to Breck Beer Locator on their website to be able to find all the Breckenridge, all the Breckenridge beer you can dream of. All right, Ryan, I told you there was a crushing quote, and I honestly can't believe that this came from a player with three games left in the season. And the worst part about it is it's, it's true. true. Justin Simmons, shortly after the game. I told you guys all week this was a do-or-die situation as far as getting to the postseason, and we fell short. It's not a lack of effort in the NFL. In the fourth quarter and one-score games, good teams find a way to win, and we didn't. And that's what hurts the most. Every line is, is true. And it, I mean, just... The knife was in there after the game, and Justin's just, I mean, killing us with it, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, it really is true. Um, and like I said, that'll be the story of the 2021 Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, I talked about it all week. This was their third chance, and you could even make a case it was their fourth, but it was their third chance to really get everyone to believe in them. Yeah. Um, and I was so frustrated in the first half that everyone was treating this team like they were down 50 to zero. Uh, and they were 0 and 12, yeah. or 0 and 13. Yeah, yeah. But every everything that everyone said about this team throughout the year, he was right. They aren't a playoff team. Um, they aren't. They aren't good enough to get it done. Uh, the quarterbacks aren't good enough, uh, the, and the coaching staff isn't good enough. Um, and and that's all fact because they aren't going to the playoffs now. Now they still have what a five percent chance. Yep. So. Maybe they'll, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat. But from everything we've seen, this team is good enough to 
convince us to think they might be good enough. But they aren't good enough. Yep, you're exactly right. And after the game, Vic Fangio, when asked about the playoffs, he said, we're not out. <laughs> and, I mean, that's what I expected coming yeah. from not just Vic, but coming from this entire locker room was that. So the fact that Justin told us the truth and, and you know, we're pretty much done. Yes, the Broncos mathematically, percentage-wise, 5% chance. You're telling me there's a chance we're in it. Not really. Yeah. I mean, now, Ryan, the Broncos sit behind five teams. Five teams. They're one game back of if the Raiders win tomorrow uh, or the Browns win tomorrow, they'll be behind six teams for three spots. Broncos only a game back, but when you're putting six teams in front of you, you put yourself in such a bad spot. Ryan, it was great that the Chiefs beat the Chargers on Thursday night. So the Chiefs aren't potentially not going to be playing for much in Week 18. The Chargers get knocked back, so the Broncos have a chance to tie them today. Last night, uh, the Colts win, and then in the first three games this morning, all teams that the Broncos didn't need to win won. So that just put that much more of an emphasis on the Broncos needing to win this game. And the Broncos came up short, and now they have put themselves in a position where they need other teams to lose. They need help. And, Ryan, you never want to be in a situation where you need help. Yeah, I mean, they need a lot of help. Um, and this counts as a double loss because you lost to a team that you're in the running with. Now yep. you can get a double win against the Chargers, which will help your case. Um, but I don't know, Zach. I'm kind of at the point where, well, let me ask you this. Do you expect Teddy to be ready by next week? I don't. Hey, the guy's staying in a hospital tonight. I, I can't expect him to be ready to play six days later. Yeah, I was kind of, I guess, holding out hope for Teddy that this is going to be one of those things where they say, hey, look. He was knocked out momentarily. It was really scary. We took all the necessary precautions, but he's fine. You usually don't stay at the, the hospital overnight if that's the case. So definitely praying for Teddy. Um, but so th to me, I'm just like, season's over. Might as well just play Drew the rest of the way. And, and you know what scares the heck out of me is I think about, okay, Drew, we saw some positive things today. Okay, what can Drew do next week? Okay, he's going into Las Vegas. He's going into Las Vegas. What happened the last time oh, Drew God. played in Las Vegas? The worst game of his career. By far. Four picks. And this is a team that, Ryan, the, the Raiders are going in the wrong direction in every single way. Not only are they 1-5 in five in their last six games, but, Ryan, now they're going to be playing on a short week. Instead of having a long week to prepare for the Broncos, COVID from the Browns has now made the Raiders have to play a short week before the Broncos. Broncos had everything going their way, except now I just can't get this out of my head. And Broncos simply have to win out. They're seven and seven right now. Uh, ten and six or ten and seven, I think, will still make the playoffs. But that's going against the Raiders, who are going to be playing for something. The Chargers, who are absolutely going to be playing for something. Probably the better team against the Chiefs on Thursday night football. And then you have the Chiefs at, at home. Ho hopefully, the Chiefs aren't playing for anything. But it's just that's why now it's a five percent chance to get in the playoffs. It's also why this loss is so frustrating. Uh, you know, I've used that word a lot, and I'm going to continue to. But look at this, Zach. You get the the uh, Raiders on the shortest week, you know, you can get ever, uh, right? They play on Tuesday. Is that right? Uh, they play Wednesday or Monday. Okay, they play Monday. Yeah. Okay, so you get them on a short week. Yep. They're the Raiders. Traveling, too. You should be coming off a win yep. against the Bengals. Yep. You go get that one. Then you have one true challenge. And you can drop that one. Right. 
If you win today, you can drop that. Yep. Then you have that one true challenge against the Chargers and then potentially, potentially a layup against the, the Chiefs' backups in Week 18. So that's why that's such it's such a uh, – it's just a dagger that you scored 10 points today. Yeah. 10. 10. In an NFL game. And, Ryan, we're, we're joking at halftime about a real quote that the Denver Broncos offensive coordinator said just a couple of weeks ago when the Broncos have three points at halftime. Just a couple of weeks ago when the Broncos had, I believe, zero points at halftime, Pat Shermer came out the following week and said, sometimes you just don't score points in the first half. What? Sometimes. Yeah, I guess sometimes. This team does it more times than not, but NFL teams don't. Ryan, we've got a turnover in the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game right now. The game's at 0-0, 10 minutes left. What are the odds that both of these teams score six or fewer points in the first half? Um, pretty low, it's, but... It's not going to happen. I have the under, so I'll be cheering <laughs> okay, for Okay, you, you would like to. Hey, the under was being smashed uh, it, before the Broncos game. It kept going down and down really? and down. Everyone knew, and everyone was right. Yeah, they I were mean, right. The, the under was was uh, a lock in this game. But, Pat, no, this is this is the new NFL. I know you don't have a gunslinging quarterback, but you know what? You have an average quarterback coming into this game. Very average. People yep. don't like to admit it. Teddy Bridgewater has not been bad. He has not been the reason the Broncos have struggled. Teddy Bridgewater has been better than anyone could have expected. Coming into this game, he all of his stats graded out between 13th best in the NFL to 20th best in the NFL. You know what that average is out to? Right about 16. 16 is average. This isn't on Teddy. You have the resources to be a good enough yes. offense. And this offense, the past three weeks before today, has been good enough. They've been averaging 25 points a game. Today, you come out at home. In a must-win game, you don't do anything. I saw Jerry Judy go in motion once. He does that fake handoff two yards after the the ball is snapped. Be after he's passed Teddy. It was it, so another blame game. Pat Shermer thrown into this mix. If we didn't do it already, uh, just just pathetic. And now Ryan, where the Broncos stand right now? I told you they're behind six teams at eight and six now, or I guess technically five teams. If Cleveland wins tomorrow, it's going to be six teams. And if the Raiders win tomorrow, the Broncos will go from the 12th seed right now to the 13th seed in the AFC West. In 16 teams. You're absolutely right. That shows how close the AFC is. It also shows you just how far the Broncos are down. If, If Las Vegas wins tomorrow, Ryan, the Broncos not only will be the 13th seed, They'll only be ahead of the New York Jets, the 3-11 and New York Jets, the 3-11 and Houston Texans, and the 2-12 and Urban Meyerless Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are all garbage teams, and you would be the next team in line when it comes to the AFC standings. Man, uh, top 10 pick isn't out of the question at this point. Uh, the NFC also. Oh, you're right. You're They're- right. Are we talking about that now? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, playoffs are out. Broncos a playoff team in the NFC right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles currently have the 10th pick at 6-7. and seven. You'd have the tiebreaker with them. <laughs> now, it comes down, when it comes to the draft, it comes to strength of schedule. Oh, right. It does. They don't do head-to-head. Just stupid. Uh, it should yeah, be that, it right? It should, yeah. <laughs> uh, strength of schedule, you, you do have the, oh, no, not right now at least. Of course. Yeah. Broncos just getting hosed every which way. Either way. Um, the Broncos are now closer to a top 10 pick than they are to the playoffs. And that's the first time we've been able to say that in weeks. Yep. 
weeks. So now that conversation and Ryan in our uh, chat, live chat going on on YouTube right now, that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying the season is done. We need to move on. Uh, it's about the draft now. It's about getting a new coaching staff. It's about getting a quarterback. And I understand it. I understand it. Uh, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator today, was outstanding. But at the end of the day, and you pointed this out on Twitter, uh, I believe maybe 10 days ago or something, Vic Fangio, he can blame the offense, but when he blames the offense, he's blaming himself because yep. he is the guy that's in charge of this entire team. It's like Urban Meyer saying this, he's got a coaching staff full of losers. <laughs> it's like, bro, you hired those guys. Yep, yep. And so what's he, that make you the, the ultimate loser? Right, and he said, like, I had a better coaching staff at Bowling Green, implying that what that dick, coaching staff sucks. Yeah. You also hired that staff. <laughs> right, right. So as the head coach, you're responsible for everything, um, and it is Vic Fangio's job to get the offense figured out, and it's his job to hold the people accountable for scoring 10 points in this game, and you know what? It's right on the heels, scoring nine points against the Chiefs. You had two big games in the last month. You scored 19 total points. It's embarrassing. It is. In today's NFL, it is. It, it, it is very embarrassing. All the rules are designed to make more points. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, just, just look what the Detroit Lions did today, going up against the top-ranked Cardinals defense, and certainly the Cardinals are trending in the wrong direction right now. But, Ryan, the Detroit Lions put up 30 points. Yeah. 30 points. You put up 10, 10 against the defense where, yeah, they, they had good, they, they, they had good strengths to them, but you could put points up on the Cincinnati Bengals and the Broncos failed to do so. So Ryan, my question is, will there be a move made in the next 24 hours? Head coach? No, no, no. Yeah. It's as easy as that. There, there's going to be no changes made right now. Now, if the Broncos go out and they get blown out next week by the Las Vegas Raiders, Sure. I could see a move being made. Uh, and, Ryan, also an important date is next Monday. Oh, wow. The Broncos and the NFL teams can begin interviewing potential head coaches, I believe, uh, eight days from today, the final two weeks of the season. That's when it would make sense. If you know you're going to move on from your head coach, you might as well get in the running for and be one of those first teams to interview coaches, potential head coaches then. But I don't expect anything to happen in the next 24 hours and i'll stick with this take although no one likes it i don't even like it i i still don't think the broncos are moving on from vic hmm that's a juicy conversation maybe one that we'll we'll have in depth tomorrow because hopefully when i have some more voice <laughs> seriously ryan i know one thing that i'm doing is the nfl schedule makers have helped us out a lot by moving games starting yesterday we have nfl games eight of the next 10 days and Christmas on top of that. Christmas Eve on top. Of that. I mean, come on. This is the best time of the year right now. And the NFL schedule makers are helping us out with that. And over at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get in on all of that action. And they're giving you a little Christmas present on top of that. If you bet $1 on any NFL game, you'll get $100 in free bets if a point is scored in that game. That's all you have to do. Bet $1 if a point is scored in the game that you bet on, then you will get $100 in free bets courtesy of our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And that will get your, your account started off right 
Do that now. Do that for tomorrow's first Monday night game. Then you'll be able to bet those free dollars on Monday's second night game and on both the Tuesday's games, Thursday, and, of course, everything we got going on next weekend. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get in on this $1 to $100 in free bets offer. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to give a shout out to our friends at Strava Craft Coffee. Um, a hot cup of coffee might do me wonders right now. It would. Uh, for several different reasons. <laughs> um, but the best part about that, uh, doing it from Strava, is I wouldn't get the coffee jitters. Uh, and I would get all the benefits of the CBD infusion that they put into those. Um, and so you guys should try out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And we use the code DNVR25. You get 25% off your order. Then when you love it, you can sign up for a subscription. They'll send it right to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks, uh, which is a hell of a deal because they'll continue to give you 20% off every single time. So check out our friends uh, over at Strava Craft Coffee. And check out our friends over at Saturday Neon. If you're looking to blow someone's socks off this holiday season, get them a Saturday Neon sign. Guys, these are the best neon signs out there. We have CSU one and a CU one here, and they are so freaking cool they're so big the neon is incredible guys this will be a perfect gift for someone this holiday season if you use code dnvr you'll get 10 percent off your purchase whether it's for yourself whether it's a gift for someone and that is the way to blow someone's christmas away they also have free shipping so make sure to check them out over at saturday neon and smash that code dnvr for 10 percent off the greatest christmas gift you'll find well ryan just as we discussed People are furious. People want to be heard. So let's dive in yeah, let's to it. our uh, super chats here and hear from the people. First one coming in from LTDU. Of course, love thunder down under. Says, well, that was beeped. But for the love of God, when did the Broncos country become such a whiny beep? Fans are more exhausted than the team or fans are more exhausting than the team at this point. Um, That's... That's high. That's a high bar to clear. Because the team's really exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Love Thunder down under. It's just, it. It's surprising me. Not after this game, I expected the fans to be all up in arms because of how disappointing this team is. But just for the past month, how fans just have not wanted to get behind this team, and now fans are going to say this, this game is why, is why yeah. we didn't want to. So. If the Broncos won this game, I would have said, you guys should be on the bandwagon. We shouldn't have to convince you now. But after this one, it, it, it's a little hard now. There are still playoff hopes, and we're, we're going to be pulling for the Broncos to keep in their playoff run. But a 5% chance is what we're looking at now. Yeah, the fans seem more miserable at mediocre than they were at terrible. Yeah, seriously. S seriously. Is it, is it because they're being teased? I think so. Yeah. I think that's it. Um but, like, Teddy Bridgewater, I'll stand by it. Best quarterback since Peyton Manning. Without a doubt. Without um, a doubt. Also, maybe getting more hate than anyone. I, I was going to say, Drew Locke played way worse last year. Drew Locke has also played way worse than Teddy in the few opportunities he's had this year. Just not today. Right. Exactly. Exa but overall. Yeah. Uh, and Drew still has more supporters than Teddy. It, it's pretty wild. It is. I think it's because Teddy has this, like, hired gun mercenary like one and done type right. of thing where people have no connection to him right um but it's just funny um people see an average a very average quarterback 
And I think it's because, you know, he does some of the things they want to see, but it's not exciting. He doesn't do anything that'll blow you away. And they just they can see that ceiling, which I talked about a lot in the offseason is we know what Teddy's ceiling is. No one's going to get excited over it. There's going to be no dream. Yep. Yep. When you see Drew out there, yep. you can let yourself dream about <laughs> yep. what, you know, what it could look like if he gets it together. So, and especially yeah. after that first touchdown pass, you can dream a little bit. Totally. Uh, you can dream of what it would look like if this offense utilized its weapons. Yep. Yep, exactly. But you, you can't really do that with Teddy, and I think that's what, one of the reasons why fans are so out on him. Yeah, and what fans are saying now is, dream on! Because <laughs> that's about where we are is just dreaming at this point. All right, next next Super Chat coming in from Alaska. Preston, he says, can't wait for the season to end. Why? Fire Shermer now is what Alaska Preston says. And uh, Ryan, uh, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, but i got to find out what – your what how you feel on if Vic is back next year that means there's other changes in the coaching staff or not yeah I mean I'll just tell you now I don't think Pat Shermer's back there's just no way and 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 I agree with that uh there will be changes and I think it starts with Pat Shermer I think that's the easy one I think Vic is going to be the hard decision for George Payton even though fans are saying what do you mean a hard decision that's just how I think it's going to boil down I agree Seth Stewart says, does Vic's continued time management blind blunders move the needle in your minds on whether he saves his job without making the playoffs? Cheers, fellas. Obviously, for Ryan, it doesn't change it that much. Um, the the clock management issues are baffling. Uh, we know that, that Vic now has uh, a guy in the press box to help him with challenges. Is it you? Mace? Uh, 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 yeah. No, we be getting it right. We'd be telling him not to challenge or when to challenge. Um, and it's – they just need more help. I mean, I, I, I don't know what this – but they need a new person. They need someone with glasses. I don't know yeah. what it is, Ryan. And, and, and the clock management issues are Vic needs to take something off his plate. And one thing he's not going to take off his plate is defensive play calling. And you know what? He shouldn't now. No. He's calling a hell of a defense right now. Uh, and not just today, but even against the Chiefs, he did a great job. Someone, Mike Munchak, hell, this is a billion-dollar organization. Have a full-time clock management guy. People aren't going to like this, but uh, speaking of play calling, my official prediction, Matt Nagy as OC. With Vic as head coach. Yeah. You floated that out there, and Ryan makes a lot of sense. It makes too much sense. <laughs> it makes, makes a lot of sense. Matt Nagy, Vic saying, hey, you scratch my back in Chicago. I'm going to scratch yours. Come here, buddy. Yep, yep. Let's, get the, let's get those Chicago uh, itches out of the way. Well, and, and, and Matt Nagy has had some moments as a play caller. Yeah. Um, not really as a head coach. Those two are, you know, similar. <laughs> so people are going to say, why not Vic as defensive coordinator? Keep him here. Right. You know, of course – uh, a lot of people like the idea of Eric Bieniemy now, and um, and that was what Matt Nagy was before right. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. He was a hot young name. Yep. Next super chat coming in from Steve. We are a good team, but not a great team. Great teams can make mistakes and recover. We can't. Well said, Steve. Couldn't well agree said. more. Yep. And on top of that, Steve, uh, the the Broncos just are a good team potentially it spots a great team, but they don't have the most important position in, in all of sports. They don't have it in Drew. They don't have it in Teddy. Uh, and they are very far away from having that. And it's going to take a lot to go and get one. One of the most frustrating things 
is that it feels like they might have everything else. They might what? They might have everything else. Yep. Yep. Seriously, just a quarterback away. And it's not just as easy as saying that and then going and make it happen. I mean, the, so many teams are going to be in on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Yeah, you the just Broncos have to are, hope. But you know what? John Elway, he had the quote a couple of years ago, I'm going to keep swinging and missing, which is interesting that he included missing in there. Very interesting. Ryan, he's never swung. The only time he swung was Peyton Manning. And to me, and, that, and that, that was... And was a swing. To me, not even. A guy in the 20s? It was a, not it was really a, an investment. It was a three wood off the tee. Okay, it was a they, swing, they, sure, sure. But it was a safety swing. <laughs> sure. And obviously he missed there. But outside of that, trading a sixth round pick for Teddy, doing all of the little investments he done, he's done, just wasn't it. And then again, with George Payton, he didn't swing this offseason. No. So he, he has not swung. In order to get a guy, you got to swing or you got to be incredibly lucky and get uh, Russell Wilson in the fourth and, and Dak Prescott on day two and Tom Brady in round six. That can happen, but that comes with a ton of luck. Do not bank on luck at the most important position in sports. Yep. Next one coming in from Mad Dog 2000. Oh, actually, from Seth Stewart again. Nope. He says, Same. Oh, no. we already got that one. From, from Mad Dog 2001. The Broncos are 0-1 in games where I wear my Sertan jersey. Broncos have won five games when I rock my plumber jersey. I was plumber defender BK then. Back then. Oh, back then. Yeah, a lot of people have come around on Jake. Uh, Seriously. Time has done him favors. <laughs> yes. Um, I think time will do uh, – I don't know if time will do Teddy favors. We'll look back at the stats and right. remember it Right, it actually better. will do him favors yeah. because we won't have – the you know the plays in our mind the missed plays in our mind we'll just yep. be looking down like wow 70 percent completions yeah yeah almost Over three to two one for one yeah. yeah yeah almost three to one are you kidding me alex hoy says regardless of who the quarterback is next year they have to change the offensive scheme to have any success how many years before we understand this zach we know about pat Shermer's propensity to go for three wide sets the Broncos, the, the all 22 film will come out. When we see someone will probably do the, you know, uh, crunch the numbers of what the Broncos did in three wide sets today. It was appalling. Painful. Then when Drew Locke came in, which is kind of weird, but it worked. That's when they finally said, all right, let's go two tight end most of the time here, unless we get in third and long. And they looked great. <laughs> yep. And you have the personnel to do it. You have Noah Fan, Alberto. Yep. Um, it just the, it doesn't they, make sense. They came out in three wide right to start the game. It was like six plays, two punts, uh, and you're down three zero. Yeah. Before Pat Shermer finally said, "All right, fine, we'll go back to the stuff that works." It's like, dude, what are we doing here? Yep. Yep. Uh, you know who the Broncos' two leading receivers were in terms of yards today? Alberto and Noah Fan. Ding ding. Uh, three, two of their three receivers in terms of targets, Alberto and Noah Fant. And in terms of receptions, you have Javante Williams actually had four catches, and then Alberto with three, and Noah Fant with five. And we talked about Alberto maybe being our DraftKings king of the game. Yep. Um, who did we end up settling on? We're going with Justin Simmons. Two sacks, Ryan. I mean, this guy can really do it all. And one of the things we said we needed to see from Justin Simmons in order to live up to the extremely big contract he got was he needed to make plays today, two week or last week against the Lions, an incredible interception. Today, 
two sacks. I loved that we were seeing Vic Fangio call safety blitzes. Uh, and boy, was that a hell of a call by Vic to call a safety blitz at a time where Justin was coming off the right side and Burrow was coming off the play action. That was a good play by Justin, obviously. And he, man, he buried Joe Burrow. But a great play by Vic to put his playmakers in a position to make plays. Yeah, I love, I love, um, when a team wants to come out and do things a certain way, like the Bengals clearly thought they were going to run stretch and yep. do that sort of stuff, and they were going to run bootlegs off of that. And I love that Vic just says, like, I'm going to call the, like, I'm going to call the play that's going to stop them from doing that. Yep. And they really did go away from it for the most part after that. Yep. They 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 really did. So congratulations to Justin for being our king of the game and our uh, truth king of the game as well for burying us in our graves after the game as we rightfully deserve, I guess. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Next super chat coming in from Edward says, I'm 100% done with these coaches. They need to go now. Peyton is fine. If it wasn't for Locke, we wouldn't have even had a touchdown. I 100% believe the coaches made the wrong choice at quarterback. What do you guys think? Edward, I'm really happy that you came in with this, and we really appreciate your support. But no, um, I mean... I think we're getting just a little too nearsighted with Drew's one touchdown today. Ryan, he still had a killer turnover in this game. Look at the other two games he's come in for this year. And I know a lot of people say, well, what if Drew just had time? Drew had time last year. And it, it was not good what we were seeing. Teddy Bridgewater, people are too hard on Teddy for what he is. He, the Broncos are going to try to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater after this season because he's just not good enough, but he is the best quarterback the Broncos have had in the past five years, and that includes Drew Locke. I do not believe that the Broncos would be a better team. I do not believe that the Broncos would be getting better quarterback play if Drew Locke was a quarterback this entire year. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that you can maybe play, uh, the card you can play as a Drew Locke believer here is that by this point, he could have made the improvements to be a better quarterback than he was before. And maybe by this point of the year, he would have surpassed Teddy Bridgewater, um, who clearly, you know, has just been the same guy all season. He's going to be the same guy for the rest of his career. You can make that case. The problem is you just don't have anything to back it up. So it's just, right. it's pure conjecture, right? Right. Um, and, and, and Ryan, that, that is the argument that, that people who want to believe in Drew would say, but just because you play, doesn't mean you're going to be good. Now, playing yeah. can certainly help you, but just because a guy plays, Paxton Lynch, no matter how much he was going to play, he was not going to get to be a good player in the NFL. That's why he's no longer in the NFL, and that's why I believe, Ryan, Teddy and Drew aren't going to be back next year. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so either. Although Drew is cheap, maybe, but... Depends not on the, your plan. It, it depends on the coaching staff because this coaching staff sure as hell doesn't like him. I got to say, I believe that there's a better chance that Teddy's back next year than Drew. Probably pisses a lot of people off doing that, but that's just what I think. I would, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and especially this coaching staff. They are so done with Drew. All right, we got a couple more Super Chats coming in here. Ian B says, Drew or Teddy, the fact that the quarterback has zero margin of error in Denver is a coaching issue. A fumble or crap drive shouldn't sink either guy the way it does. Coaching issue to the core. I think that coaching is a big issue. Um, but I, I, that's the second, you know, Ian B in the comments earlier was saying that about a fumble shouldn't sink the team that's how it works in football though like you know there's big momentum changing plays 
you were within nine yards of scoring a touchdown to take the lead, and then you didn't have the ball anymore. Um, so that's that's a game-changing play. You know, we talk about those all the time. You'd like to make some of them sometimes. And this time, you know, um, the Bengals made the game-changing play. Now, great job by Drew to go and try and take it back. Um, and I think they might have gotten that wrong uh, in terms of the down-by contacts. I don't know if he had the ball, but I, I honestly have to see the rules to see when contact can be initiated. Right. That would, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but so great job by Drew to go get, you know, try and make a play for his team. But that 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 was a game-changing play. And it, to me, you know, the, the biggest – if you go look at the win probability chart, I guarantee you that's the biggest swing uh, of yep. any play in the game. Yep, it, 100%. And, Ryan, when Melvin Gordon initially seemed like he fumbled the ball, the game was over. I mean, it, it, the Bengals had the ball. They were going to go up at least Score, eight points, yeah. uh, if not double-digit, or if yeah, if not a two-possession game right there. And it was just done. And you know what this all boils down to? Something we've already talked about. The Broncos clearly, no matter who, whether you want to talk about Teddy or Drew, don't have their guy. And to minimize uh, the errors and to be able to overcome mistakes, you have to have the guy at quarterback. Unfortunately, a two-headed rushing attack isn't going to be able to overcome having an average quarterback. How are the Tennessee Titans doing right now without Derrick Henry? They, and they, they, they have a good quarterback, and they have the best running back in the game, but they don't have a special quarterback, yeah. and, and they just can't do it without the best running back in the game. The Broncos don't have the best running back in the game, and so unless they you might. have— in the next couple of years, they 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 might. If Derrick Henry's still in, I'm going to give the the, the, the but nod he's to him. Older. But he is. But what what I'm saying is, you either have to have Derrick Henry and like that dominant, like a 2,000 yard rusher, back to back seasons, pretty much, or you have to have a what top five quarterback to be to overcome mistakes like that, top ten quarterback top 10. potentially. And the Broncos are far away from that. And it's going to involve a huge investment, whether that's trading multiple first-round picks, whether that's trading up into the draft to get your guy, whether it's getting really lucky that somehow a quarterback falls to you, but you just don't want to count on luck like the Broncos have been. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And, Brian, I, I look forward to breaking this game down even more. There's still hope for this team, uh, but I think we understand where the fans are, where your guys' heart is at, so we're going to ride that this week. And, man, it's going to be an interesting week. We will see if there's any changes made. I don't expect there to be, but we'll talk about if there's going to be any changes made after this year, Ryan, because you don't think so. I think Mace is going to disagree, and maybe we'll have that conversation tomorrow on yep. the DNVR Broncos podcast. And we did get to Steve's Super Chat. Uh, so appreciate all of your super chats. A lot of really great ones today and big ones too, which yes. we always appreciate. We really appreciate you guys. And Ryan, I think now's the time to get out because James Burley's coming at me saying I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Wow. I don't know what I'm tripping on, but I guess it's time to trip on out of here. But before we do, got to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. One more time, because over at MSU Denver, they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. Over at MSU Denver, you get affordable classes and you can continue to live your life. You don't have to choose between earning a degree and keeping your job. So make sure to check them out and use that code DNVR Sports to get your application fee waived. Well, Ryan, that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please hit us with a thumbs up. Subscribe on your way out so you guys know when we're going live. Turn on those alerts. And we will be back tomorrow to talk to you on the DNVR Broncos podcast. For Ryan, I'm Zach. Thanks so much for rolling with us. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Cotton 